ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Independent Grind Podcast, a conversation all about the independent coffee shop and why we love her. As always, we are delighted to have you join us as the year comes to a close. We wanted to round out season one with several awards, sort of the coffee shop Dundee awards of the independent grind. It's going to be a lot of fun and we can't wait to have you join us. Matthew, how you doing? Doing well. It's been a fun season. Been out there doing what I know a lot of people probably have dreamt of doing. So it's good to put that into action. Out there, the foot soldiers of the independent coffee shop lovers. Like you said, we've seen a lot of great coffee shops in the past 16 weeks. I got a, I got a text from a grinder earlier this week that was all inspiring. Mr. Thomas in Macon, Georgia said that he passed Dunkin' Donuts on his way to the local independent coffee shop there in downtown historic Macon, Taste and See Coffee Shop, loading up on some coffee beans for the winter. Said he was stocking up, making sure he was ready to go for the holiday season. Maybe I should have saved that for Grinder of the Week, but we're just getting out there ahead of it. Just wanted to go ahead and give him some love today. That was, that was inspiring stuff from Thomas and Macon. Taste and See, that's a great name. A little bit of a teaser for one of the awards that we're giving out. Best name. Or most original name. Got to make sure we have it right. All right. Our first award. Let's talk about best menu. I'll kick it off here. This was an easy one for me. My first stop in season one was Large Mouth Coffee Company in Uvala, Alabama. They had a loaded list of coffee. For me, I have to go with Higher Grounds in Midland, Texas. The depth that they had on specialty drinks was awe-inspiring. I mentioned the Nutty Irishman in that episode. They also had a a rendition of the Bulletproof Coffee, a ton of great pastries. Top to bottom showed a lot of expertise and were able to fulfill a lot of different needs from their patrons. Great. Switching gears, let's talk best non-coffee item that you and I had in season one. I'll happily go first. Elsie's Cafe, homemade, hot, chocolate chip scone. It was fantastic. I think about it at least once a week. So I actually don't have much to offer here. The diet change that took place at the very early season one for me when I did Whole30 kind of wrecked this. I mean, we, we plug it like I'm some hot chocolate champion and I am a champion of the hot chocolate community. But to be honest, I just have a lot of iced coffees nowadays. Here's to hoping that season two, I, I time it up a little better and have a few more cookies. Well, you don't have to be Whole30 compliant to answer this question. Best name. We did 14, we hit 14 different coffee shops in season one. A lot of great names to choose from. Do you have a favorite name, favorite coffee shop name from season one? Best coffee shop name, definitely Ground and Pound. Because you got the ground and then you you pound. <laughs> Thank you for explaining that for our listeners. That was very, very instructive commentary. There were a lot of names I liked. Jumpin' Goat Coffee Roasters. I still think that's a great name for a coffee shop. And that was also one of my favorite, even though I didn't get to go. I know you've been several times now. One of my favorite shops and favorite names from season one. Okay, this is one that everybody will be excited about. Let's talk about the most chain-dangered coffee shop we visited. I mean, we're talking extremely vulnerable All right, this is one everybody's going to be excited about. Matthew, I want to get your thoughts on the most chain-dangered coffee shop that we visited in season one. I mean, Sound the alarm bells. We're talking call the U.S. Coffee and Wildlife Service. 
because the listing and protection of these coffee shops is in peril. You mean call the CCP? That's who we really should call be the CCP. That's exactly right. The coffee shop preservation. The commission for coffee Committee. shop preservation. Yeah, it's, I'm a little rusty. It's been a while since we've uh, dug that not, bit up. Not the Chinese yes, Communist CCP. Party, just to clarify. Not to be confused with the Chinese Communist Party. So this is an apolitical podcast. It's not a comment about the Chinese Communist Party. If you're listening and you're in China, I'm shocked that they're letting you listen to this. <laughs> the most chain endangered shop has to be Backyard Beans. Yeah, that's in my notes. That's I mean, it's in all caps. I mean, backyard Beans. The branding, the canned cold brew, the multiple stores, the fact they didn't have time to <laughs> sit down with us. Yeah, we're not bitter. We're not bitter or anything. No, we're not bitter. And their their cold brew wasn't bitter. Their cold brew was really good. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry, backyard. I mean, backyard beans was fantastic product. We're not. We're we're very pro backyard beans at this juncture, but that could change depending on how big they get. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about least chain danger. Elsie's Cafe to me, pure independent coffee shop right there in the Septa Station in Glenside, Pennsylvania. One of my favorite shops from season one. Very unlikely. Very low risk of endangerment. It's funny. I want to say Pops Coffee Company just because the owner, Gordy, gave us such a great answer about the fact that he won't even consider expanding unless the customers become affected. And and they have so much space there that basically he was like, Unless the customers are are busting out the door because they're waiting in line, we're not going to expand. However, they Gordy, Gordy, <laughs> Gordy. Right. We need to carry we need to carry Gordy off the the coffee shop floor on our shoulders. <laughs> 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 but the only caveat with Pops is that they are attached to uh, an international motorcycle dealership, so. There always is the the realistic chance that they open up another motorcycle franchise and that that's a gateway to another coffee shop. So I tend to say higher grounds in Midland, Texas. Uh, the owner there sat down with him as well, Robert, and he just was very plugged in with his community. He was pretty adamant that he didn't want another store. And I think that Higher Grounds just, it fits as a, a one-store shop. All right. All this is building to our Top Shop Award, which I'll give my Top Shop Award from Season 1. Matthew will give his Top Shop Award for Season 1. In the meantime, best cup of coffee. I think that I have to go with the Nicaraguan pour-over that I had at Ground and Pound. Hacienda La Bastilla, single origin, Really smooth taste, had some some stone fruit tasting notes, some cane sugar tasting notes. It was probably one of the first experiences where I've had, wow, black coffee without any additives, honestly, is pretty good. <laughs> I got to go with White Horse Coffee and Creamery's Papua New Guinea pour over, some really nice tasting notes, chocolate, little floral tasting notes. Talk about that in episode 14. I would get, I would order that every time I go there. Unfortunately, it's a seasonal drink. Gene, owner, if you're listening, if we can maybe consider bringing that on full time, would be much appreciated. 
All right. So we've knocked out a couple here. Let's keep it rolling. You're going to like this one, Matthew. I want to hear your thoughts on the best playlist. I'm not a playlist guy as much as you are, but you love some good music in coffee shops. Mm. What you got? Well, I think, I mean, for me, best playlist has to be episode one East Bowl. Not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> as if I hadn't dragged them through the mud enough in, in our pilot episode. Um, deeper Roots in Cincinnati went there for episode three. Their playlist was impeccable. And from start to finish, it was just a great vibe for for if you're chilling out with friends working very versatile playlist all of the songs that i shazammed very low number of shazams a lot of integrity introducing patrons to little known artists unknown songs integrity at it an all-time high all-time high at deep roots coffee i'm gonna punt i <laughs> think that you nailed it i don't have a lot of thoughts on playlist integrity for many of the shops I visited in season one. Well, it's good. I mean, we have to be honest about where our strengths and weaknesses lie. All right, let's move to this top moments from season one. Any tear jerkers? I mean, season one made me laugh. It made me cry, burn my tongue a few times, but that's all part of it. <laughs> I mean, my favorite moment was definitely when you walked into that shop and knocked over a flower pot <laughs> Yes, Valerio Coffee House in Maniunk. <laughs> Currently, their their windows are painted for the holidays, and it looks great. Was there recently? So I did not go inside, which is why I was admiring their windows from the outside. <laughs> Let's see some other favorite moments. I this isn't so much a moment, but just like getting you to tell me about the Leroy Brown statue outside of Largemouth Coffee Company was pretty special for me. The first time I heard about Leroy Brown was a very, very special day. Probably top moment for me in, in season one was going to Largemouth Coffee Company nearly every day for three weeks to the point where I had everything on the menu at least once and multiple items two to three times. That's thorough journalism. Probably, thorough with a capital yeah. T. That's exactly right. I probably, I'm surprised I didn't get kidney stones from all the coffee I had. I was very dehydrated for a long period of like June, July of 2021. All right. The moment you've all been waiting for, it's time to reveal our top shops for season one, 2021 year in review. Matthew. Rev your engines, kick your kickstand and take a ride with Pops Coffee Company. My top shop of season one, The Independent Grind. For our listeners' edification and for my own, let's hear one of our favorite sound bites from Gordy, owner of Pops Coffee Company, as we celebrate his top shop award. You know, open your eyes and pay attention and talk to your customers. And we learned so much, you know. And I, every day I still, you know, I, I had these wonderful ladies with their four kids were here the other day. and oldest kid was like one and a half and I, I was busting their tables because they created a huge mess of everything it was awesome it was really cool they bought a bunch of stuff they stayed for two hours they met as a kind of a mom's group and 
And then I said, well, how was your coffee? They said, great, how was your food? Man, freaking loved it. I said, is there anything we can do? She says, yeah, you need to put changing tables in your bathrooms. And I went, never thought of that. Never in my wildest dreams I think moms would be in here changing diapers in our bathrooms. So a week later, we had changing tables in both bathrooms. And then they came back in, and one walked out the other day, kind of winked at me, says, way to go. And so, you know, that was something, if I hadn't asked them at their table, what do they need, how was their experience, we love our experience, we come here all the time, but you could do one thing for us. Big fan of Gordy. Gordy, if you're listening, uh, boy, motorcycle sure wouldn't hurt. Uh, that's something I've always wanted for Christmas. So, <laughs> Yeah, Pops has it all. They have a world-class space, outlets by one of their nearly 100 seats, perfect for working, a great menu, a menu that's been uh, curated by listening to customers. Great coffee that you can always depend on. Really, really happy with what Pops Coffee Company is doing and look forward to many more visits there. My turn. And this was so challenging because I have met some fantastic entrepreneurs, some fantastic business owners, and some wonderful coffee shops. And so it pains me to have to pick one. I will give out a couple of honorable mentions. Elsie's Cafe. I mentioned they're probably my favorite and least chain endangered coffee shop, just a pure independent coffee shop there in the SEPTA station in Glenside, Pennsylvania. But I got to hand my top shop award to White Horse Coffee and Creamery, the electric roaster, the sustainability market. They've got so much going for them. Started from the bottom. Now they're here. Sustainability rides a white horse. Got their start from a NASCAR driver who sold them on eBay, a coffee and ice cream truck. Are you kidding me? (sighs) So hats off to White Horse Coffee and Creamery. Let's give a listen to one of my favorite sound bites from their owner, Gene. The whole white horse theme comes because I have a horse background, like working with horses and equestrian. So we were, I was at all these horse shows and I was like, okay, what can I do, you know, that I could bring to these horse shows? That's how we started with the truck. So the truck ended up being like, let's take oh. this to horse shows and do that. And then I started getting into coffee and I'm like, this is the coolest industry. I love this. This is awesome. And then that's kind of how it expanded into this. And now I kind of feel like I finally found took me, you know, what, 15, 20 years, and I finally found my place of, like, coffee. I feel like we're, we caught White House Coffee and Creamery as they're ascending. Very, very cool. They've only, only been around since, like, 2017, and that was when the truck started. So the coffee shop itself is still pretty new. Hopefully they uh, – they, there's a reason the White Horse Coffee and Creamery did not win the least chain-dangered <laughs> award. There's going to be some people who are gunning for that brand for sure in the future. Now that we've handed out our Top Shop Awards – Let's get to some holiday good cheer and have our favorite wrap-up segment. A few shots of espresso, peppermint espresso, in honor of Christmas that's just around the corner. Are you ready? I'm raring to go. Worst Christmas present and best Christmas presents you've ever received. Doesn't matter what order you want to take these in. The best Christmas present that I ever got was a golf club. There's a very specific golf club, a a King Cobra hybrid that I really wanted. Uh, The worst Christmas present that I ever got was a King Cobra hybrid. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the same same club? The exact same club. It was one of those things that you kind of you had to get fitted for the gift ahead of time, and there had to be coordination between parent and child. And 
my those mom, gifts are the worst. My mom forgot to put the gift out. She was busy. I mean, yeah, you have she had four kids, a lot of stress. I had to, you know, politely remind her after all of the gifts were were opened. And when I say politely remind her, a, a tear filled Matthew asking, "Did I get a hybrid?" <laughs> Well, let me let me ask the same let me ask the same question to you, and then I'll I'll pick up with another one. Who? I think I was in third grade. Got a black lab. I always wanted a dog. That was an awesome Christmas. I think we also that year got a trampoline, but we were instructed to play with dog and trampoline separately. The dog was not allowed on the trampoline. Worst Christmas present. Now that's easy. Like two and a half weeks before Christmas, I was at Capital Cycle. I think that's what it's called. In downtown Macon, right off Mercer University Drive, getting fitted for a dirt bike. Two and a half weeks before Christmas, we left the shop with helmets and gloves. My brother and I did, and so it was like, "This is a done deal. We've already got the helmets and gloves. My dad's buying it right now. Like, this is gonna be the best Christmas ever." And to make matters worse, on Christmas Eve, my uncle and my—if you're listening, your bad uncle—was kind of going around the house. Boys, it's gonna be a good Christmas for y'all. <laughs> like really egging us on. I'll never forget that. And. Came down on Christmas morning to bicycles, single speed. Uh, <laughs> most Christmas cookies you've ever eaten in one sitting. Most of the time around the holidays, I do this. I have this horrible habit of like spreading out my sugar consumption over like 10, 15 minute increments. So it's like, oh, it's been 15 minutes. So I can have like two at a time for 15 minutes for like two to three hours and do the math. It's quite the consumption. What about you? I think probably 10 or 15. Favorite non-Christmas Christmas movie? Die Hard. Although some people would say that's a pure Christmas movie. Yeah, I think a lot of people would argue that it is a Christmas movie. Okay, well then... Possibly Die, yeah. Favorite non-Christmas Christmas movie would be... We watched Miracle a lot around Christmas time in my house. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good take. Which is one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Kurt Russell in that movie is fantastic as Herb Brooks. What about you? Favorite non-Christmas Christmas movie? I mean, you got to say Serendipity, don't you? Uh, one of the greatest rom-coms of all time. That's right. John Cusack, several other. Oh, Kate, uh, Kate I think Bridget. Yep. Some other good. I mean, Home Alone, that's really just a Christmas movie, I guess. Oh, that's a pure Christmas movie, yeah. I mean, it's not a pure Christmas movie. It's about two guys breaking into a... A little kid's house. At Christmas time. He gets it's it's a it is it's one of the top five Christmas movies of all time on any list. No, I agree. There. I agree. I agree. What's your favorite Christmas movie of all time? Or do you guys have one that y'all watch every year? We do not have a family tradition one. Although growing up, I would say like we watched a ton of those claymation Christmas movies, like the, mm. the Year Without a Santa Claus. That's with the man, ABC was cranking out Christmas classics for decades, man. Miracle on 34th Street, is it? 43rd. Which one? Every minute, like four times. I like that one too. Got to watch it in black and white. When they colorize it, it just makes me nauseous. Whenever they do that with black and white movies, they colorize them, it just looks weird. But honestly, Santa Claus is probably with Tim Allen. Santa Claus 2 is... That's actually... Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Best Christmas sequels of all time. Home Alone 2, better than the original, you could argue. What? I think Santa no, Claus no one has ever argued that Home Alone 2 is better than Home Alone. That is I a love flaming garbage take. Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2, and they Santa literally Claus just 2. redid the plot. Worse than National Treasure 2. 
Like National Treasure 2 is a remake of National Treasure. Home Alone 2 is literally just a carbon copy. <laughs> Move it to New York and literally like all of the paint pails that are whacking the the two like they even have the same villains. It's like it they didn't change anything. Yeah, yeah. All of the same floorboards that come up and hit them in the face. Like Okay, okay, okay. You you got you you've sold me. You, no need to uh, you're right. But Santa Claus 2, saw that for my birthday whenever it came out, December birthday. And boy, that's one of my favorite Christmas sequels. That's such a great movie. Santa Claus 2 is good. Definitely better. That's definitely better than Santa Claus 3. The Escape Clause. Escape Clause. You have Jack Frost. What's that, what's that actor's name? Little? Uh, Martin Little? He doesn't. Martin Little. Yeah, that's not his name <laughs> at all. Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> Close. I mean, I wonder. I'm wondering how often that's happened to that guy. <laughs> it seems you're Martin Little. No, I'm, I'm Martin. Would Short. you rather be Martin okay. Little or Martin Short? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode 15, season finale, Top Shop Award of the Independent Grind Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you. We're really excited about all that's coming in season two. Matthew and I are currently plotting out the shops we're going to hit, places we're going to go, the owners and entrepreneurs we're going to get to see. We're really excited. A lot in store. Stay tuned. Again, subscribe, follow us, so you get all the latest news and updates from the independent grind. Until we meet again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and as always... Sip local, tip well.